Let's pray together. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. Heavenly Father, we are here today to offer you nothing less We choose today to give you our everything, our all. Even in the mundane of the days, even on the mundane Sundays where we come every week, where we now grow cold and weary and grow apathetic towards the things of you, O God. May you instill within us a passion, a zeal, that we may be gung-ho for your name and for your kingdom here in this place. Lord, we want to be a history maker here in this generation. Even if it is only me, and I'm the only one as an individual in my workplace, or even in my school environment, wherever I may be, even in my family, Lord, even if I'm the only one, Lord, I will stand and lift up my hands and worship to give you all the glory and all the honor. For God, through your name, is above. God bless you, everyone. Let's take a moment to greet one another before we begin. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Welcome to our first Advent service. Before we go ahead and dive into today's message, let me quickly go over and start with the title. The title of today's message is called Commit to the Lord. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, Commit to the Lord. So before we begin, let's talk quickly exactly what Advent is. So if you look at your calendar, there are four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day. This year, Christmas Day is a Sunday. So I will see you on a Sunday. So Advent, by definition, it means this, the coming and the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. It's the first season of the church year leading up to Christmas and including the four preceding Sundays. So the synonym to Advent is coming, arrival, and appearance. There are two Advents. The first Advent is obviously Christmas. It's the birth of Jesus. It already happened. 
many years ago. It was prophesied over and over again throughout the Old Testament. And all the prophecy was fulfilled when the birth of Christ, when the birth of Christ came, it brought tremendous joy and it brought tremendous hope. Because the Bible says from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew from the Gospels, in the Old Testament transitioning to the New Testament, there was about 400 years of darkness where people were not hearing the voice of God. So the first advent already happened. That's what in John chapter 129, it says the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Advent is divided into two sections where the first Advent is Jesus comes as an innocent lamb. Okay, this is the lamb. And then the second Advent is coming, is in the future where Jesus is the lion. So this is what the Bible says about the lamb and the lion. The first Adventist, as John says, look, the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. That already happened on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, once and for all, he was a lamb that was slaughtered and sacrificed for our sins. So the first Advent is finished. The second Advent is the end. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, the end? Yes. Say it in a more gruesome way, the end. Yes. It's the end. It's when... Christ will come into the world to judge the world. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ to judge the world, who will judge the living and the dead, it says in 2 Timothy 4.1. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion, the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and his seven seals is saying the lion will come. So when you think about Advent, think about this phrase. Think of the title, the lion and the lamb. The lion and the lamb. I don't want to go too deep because I've gone over this many years, every year, every time Advent comes. But just to refresh our memory, again, Jesus is both the lamb and the lion, the Lamb of God who died on the cross as an atonement for our sins, sacrifice the sins for the whole world to every single human being. And at the same time, Jesus is the Lion of Judah, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and he will come and he has full authority and everything is under his dominion, his power and his might. Amen. And amen. And with that, let's get into our message here today. The title of today's message is Commit to the Lord. I want to talk to you today about an individual that I've never mentioned in a message before. It's the first time, I believe. And his name is Enoch. Enoch is an interesting character in the Bible because we don't even get a whole book. Uh, we don't even get a whole chapter. He just comes out in about five verses. I believe four verses are found in Genesis chapter 5, and only one verse is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And if you put them together, we see and we get a glimpse of this amazing character, this amazing man of God. So just like when Jesus came into the world, 
there was about 400 years of darkness. During this day, the context of this day for you to understand is that everyone, they were evil. They did so much evil to the point where God came. Remember the story of Noah, where he came and destroyed every human being on earth except for Noah and his family. And during that time, during that generation, Enoch was the only one that was commanded before the Lord. He is the only human being that walked faithfully with God. So let's go to Genesis chapter 5. Again, only four verses about him here. But I'm going to go ahead and read from verse 1 to 32 so that we have an idea of how amazing Enoch was. Okay, so the title, the heading says, From Adam to Noah. This is important, the genealogy. Verse 1, this is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named them Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Adam lived a total of 930 years, and then he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. After he became the father of Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Seth lived a total of 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Canaan. After he became the father of Canaan, Enosh lived 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enosh lived a total of 905 years, and then he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Mahalalel. After he became the father of Mahalalel, Kenan lived 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Kenan lived a total of 910 years, and then he died. When Mahalalel had lived 65 years, he became the father of Jared. After he became the father of Jared, Mahalalel lived 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Mahalalel lived a total of 895 years, and then he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. After he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived a total of 962 years, and then he died. Please focus on the next few verses. Verse 21, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Enoch walked faithfully with God. I'll say that again. Enoch walked faithfully with God. 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away 
Amen. And amen. Out of all these individuals, I think Enoch lived the least amount. Just because you have a short life doesn't equal a lesser value life. We can do so many things in a short amount of time than waste our time on earth by living up to 800 years, 900 years, 1,000 years. For God looks at the heart. Amen? Amen. And what set Enoch apart was that he walked faithfully with God. Let's continue on. Verse 25. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, became the father of Lamech. After he became the father of Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Methuselah lived a total of 969 years. And then he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. After Noah was born, Lamech lived 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Lamech lived a total of 777 years, and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Amen. And amen. amen. Let's go to Hebrews 11.5. This is what the pastor says about Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Amen. And amen. So just to get an idea of context of how evil this world was, the Bible gives us a genealogy of the family line from Adam all the way up to Noah. And within that genealogy, we see the story of Enoch. Only four verses, five total, including Hebrews chapter 11. And we see that Enoch was the only individual before Noah that walked faithfully with the Lord. To have an understanding of how evil this generation was and how evil our generation is also where our generation is going. In Genesis 6, 5-8, it says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil, only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. It says the Lord regretted his heart was troubled, deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret, I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. My friends, may we be found as Enoch and Noah in this generation. Amen? Amen? Like Enoch, we live in a very dark age where sin is growing rampant. The backdrop of the generation that we just read and the society that also the generation that we live in today is very dark. Meaning to be a genuine Christian, to be a normal, quote-unquote, normal Christian, a true Christian is a unicorn, is a rare find, is a rare jewel. It is a difficult discovery indeed. So the question, what set Enoch apart from the rest? 
what sets you and me apart from the rest? Let me begin with this question. And as Enoch, how do we commit to the Lord? How do we commit to the Lord? Going back to our title, commit to the Lord. How do we commit to the Lord? Number one, walk with the Lord. Walk with him. It says in verse 22 in Genesis 5, going back, after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch what? Walked faithfully with God. 300 years and had other sons and daughters. In other words, we can either walk with the Lord or we could walk to the Lord or we could walk away from the Lord. The Bible makes it very clear to not walk together with people who are wicked in their heart, who are wicked in their ways. The Bible makes it very clear to not yoke ourselves. Yoke means, some people think yoke is the egg yoke, the yellow yoke. The yoke here is Y-O-K-E. It's when farmers, they use when one ox isn't strong enough, you attach a second ox next to it. So they are yoked together like a lock. So when this one goes this way, you can't because you're locked with this individual. In the same way, we must be locked and yoked with Christ. That's why Christ says, be yoked with me. Walk with me. Not with the world. Not with the darkness and the temptations and the sin of this world. To give you an idea of how powerful that phrase, that word, walking faithfully means, to walk with the Lord means, is found all throughout the Bible. Even in Genesis 6-9, with Noah, earlier, chapter before, in chapter 5, we see that Enoch walked faithfully, and we see that even Noah, this is the account of Noah and his family, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Genesis 17-1, when Abram, this is the Abraham, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Meaning every individual, godly individual, all godly individuals shall and will walk faithfully with the Lord. There is no other option. There is no middle ground. You do not walk with the wicked like Psalm 1, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. The rest is not on the screen, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. That's what sets you apart when you walk with the Lord, not walking in step with those who are wicked. The Bible says, do not be yoked together, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers who are not of the faith. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? And what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? 
What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them. And what? Let's all say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Walk among them. And I will be their God. And they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, set apart. Be holy, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So quickly, sub-point, letter A, B, C, D, N, E, real quick. Letter A, fully commit. B, always choose. C, stay consistent. D, remain constant. E, never compromise. Never compromise. Don't give devil a foothold. Now, the difference between consistent and constant, I mean, there's a similarity there. But the difference is consistent means it's continuing in behaving and acting in a manner, in the same manner that is pleasing to God. It has to do with action. Constant is a state of being. It's being faithful. It's unchanging. It is steadfast. It is a state of being versus consistent is a state of doing, behaving. Amen. And amen. So again, point number one, walk with the Lord. Fully commit. Always choose. Stay consistent. Remain constant. Never compromise. Point number two, please the Lord. Please the Lord. Amen. And amen. It says in Hebrews 11:5, by faith Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Amen. And amen. When we please the Lord, we do not experience death, just like Enoch. I mean, obviously. Cherry is not going to come and take Francis away, right? Like right away. That's not what it's saying. It's saying in a spiritual language, spiritual sense, when we die on this earth, when our life, our flesh is no more, we won't face eternal death. We have eternal life, amen, with Christ in heaven, with him in paradise. We have life with him. So just like Enoch, we will not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Do you want to be taken away by God? I hope that's an amen. Then you need to please the Lord. Amen. The Lord is pleased with us when we give to him our letter A, B, C, D, our cell point. Letter A, first offering. B, fragrant offering. C, faith offering. D, praise offering. It has nothing to do with the quantity, but has to do with the quality of your offering and your service before the Lord. Philippians 4.18 says, They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. In the Old Testament, when they would sacrifice an animal 
as an animal is burning on the fire, the fragrance, the aroma, you'll be pleased with the sacrifice. Just like when the woman came with the alabaster jar and broke the alabaster jar at the feet of Jesus and the room was filled with the aroma of the alabaster jar, the perfume. May our offering be a fragrant offering, acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Genesis 4, 3 through 4, in the course of time, course of time means continually. He continued to do this, continued. It wasn't just one time Cain did it and God was like, I'm displeased with you. He continued to go in this evil path. So please be careful for those of you who are here who are continually dishonoring the Lord. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. It says, some. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the differences, the firstborn of his flock, which ties in with the subpoint letter A, first offering. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Even when we sin, even when we do wrong, if you know the story of Genesis 4, if you know the story of Cain, God doesn't leave Cain. He gives Cain a chance. He asks a question, the same question he asked Adam and Eve. Where are you? He asks, why are you so angry? Why are you angry? When God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know. He's giving you a chance. Why are you here today at church? Why do you give offering to God? I'm not just talking about physical offering. I'm talking about your service to the Lord. Your faith offering, your praise offering. Lord, I may not have any monetary things to give you, but here I am, worshiping you, giving you my praise. Here is my praise offering to you, my faith offering to you. Just like the woman in Luke chapter 21, she had nothing to give other than those two small, very copper coins. And she was commended before the Lord. Truly, I tell you, this poor widow, do you understand the context? The identity of this woman. She doesn't even have a name. Not only is she a woman with no name, but she is a widow. And we know in context that to be a widow in this scenario, in this generation during that time, it meant you were as equal to a homeless. You had no worth. You were an outcast. No man to protect you. A woman could not buy land. They had no power. But says this poor widow. She wasn't even a rich widow. A poor widow has put in more than all the others. Everyone else these people gave out of their wealth. But she out of her poverty put in what? All. Everything that she had. First offering, fragrant offering, faith offering, praise offering. When you continue to come to church and you think that you have something to offer to God, we come with our fat checks, and we think that we have something to offer to God. But do you forget that everything that we have is from God? Every blessing that we have, every job, the roof, the church, the building, do you not forget where we were a couple years ago when we were meeting in parking lots, having prayer in gazebos outside in the cold weather? Do you not remember when we were back in the dojo? 
God doesn't look at the quantity or the wealth of the individual. He looks at the heart of your offering, the heart of that individual. The multitude of your sacrifice, what are they to me? The Lord says. Isaiah is a good reference for us because through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord says, I have more than enough of burnt offerings. I mean, God is the richest person. Elamos bought what? Twitter for how much? How much? You know? Something. Huh? We got a fan here. And he's getting a Tesla in Texas. <laughs> yeah. God is the owner. There's no one richer than him. And God makes it very clear. I have more than enough burnt offerings of rams and of the fat of fat animals. I have no pleasure of the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. But this is what God is interested in. And it says here in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. A little before that, God says the same thing. I don't need these sacrifices. The thousand rams, I don't need it. But here in verse 8, it says, this is the offering that I want to act justly and to love mercy. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, to act justly? To love mercy. And to walk humbly. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, walk humbly? With your God, yoked with Christ. With your God, walking with the Lord. That is how we please the Lord. Hebrews 13, 15 to 16 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name and do not forget to do good and to share with others for which such sacrifices God is pleased. So when we come to church, and again, I'm not here to judge you in a wrong manner, or I see you with eyes where I'm up here and you guys are down here, little peasants, right? We're all equal. We're all the same. And we're all in need of a Savior. We need to continually offer the fruit of lips, openly professing our praise to Him. When I see you guys just standing there, not lifting up our hands and worship. I mean, yes, I understand. We live in a very comfortable generation. You know, we talk about grace, love, and everything is free. Everything is open. And we grow cold to those things. There's a difference between suffering. And the Bible makes it clear when you, when you undergo suffering, that is a blessing to you because that keeps you sharp. Suffering is the greatest way, just like what we talked about praise night for God to be close to your heart. But when things are easy, you don't need anything. We grow tired of the things of God. We grow jaded to the things of God. But what costs you in lifting up your hands and worship? 
doesn't cost you anything other than your life and your devotion to the Lord. And if God is the creator of all things, if he is a savior of your life, why do we not lift up our hands? Why do we not say amen? Why do we not pray to him? Why do we continually come to church with casual mindset, not coming on time, making excuses after excuses? Just know that like Cain and like all the individuals that were mentioned here in Genesis 5, from every generation, from generation to generation, from Seth, Rogan to Enosh and Kenan, Mahalel, Kenan, to Methuselah, to Enoch. Each generation, God was being patient and he was giving each generation a chance. Walk with me. Walk with me. I want to walk with you. You don't have to navigate this life by yourself, lost, trying to find pleasure from this world. For the end comes, and the Bible makes it very clear when they die. Each sentence here, each sentence of these individuals says, died. That is your end. Death. That is my end. That is all of our lot. We will die, and we're no more. You could live 900 years, 700 years, 20 years, 23 years. God bless Harry. We can live a long life or a short life. The most important thing is it's not about the quantity of the years. It's the quality of your years of you walking with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Only then, then we will please the Lord. Amen. And amen. Ronnie's looking around like it's his memory, flashback of back when he was in a Buddha, Buddhist temple. And they do a tuk, 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 tuk. He's like, wait, he's about to bow down. <laughs> so they're just setting up the, the oven, uh, the scenery. So just ignore the, the pounding. May we please the Lord. Amen. And lastly, point number three, point to the Lord. Point. Point. When I say point to the Lord, I mean point others to the Lord. Be a sign. Be an arrow where you are pointing others to the Lord. When good things happen to you, you point to the Lord. When you're going through suffering and tough times, you point to the Lord. Not in a way we're blaming him, but we're, look, you are my God. And I have full confidence in you, my Lord. You are my God. Going back to what it says about Enoch in Genesis 5. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. 
Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Amen. And amen. Whatever we do, we point to the Lord. Amen. Whatever we do, we lead others to the Lord. Whatever we do, we point others to the Lord. The two authors here in Genesis and Hebrews, the two authors here makes it very clear that Enoch was a faithful individual. Who are the authors of Genesis and Hebrews? People say Paul, but we don't fully know. But whoever the writer was, or even Genesis, we don't fully know. It could be Moses or we don't fully know who the authors are. But whoever these authors are, we know what they said about Enoch. Two authors here, they make it very clear that Enoch was a faithful individual. And Enoch is a model for us to follow. Amen. And amen. He truly was a Letter A, man of God, B, man of faith. When I say man of faith, I'm talking about he was not a man of feelings. Don't trust someone I feel like. Never trust your feelings. Choose faith, man of faith. C, man of integrity. D, man of humility. E, man of worship. Man of worship. And I'm closing with our third main point. Please tie this in together with Genesis 5, Hebrews 11, and Romans chapter 1. And let's all read together. Ready? Ready? One, two, three. The righteous will live by faith. Amen. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, live by faith. Live by faith. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Feelings, it comes and goes. We do not follow God based on my feelings here today. If I was worshiping God based on my feelings, you know, I'm very tired today. I got very few hours of sleep, and the weather is Ronnie's favorite UK weather, Seattle weather, all dark and gloomy. We could allow these things and our situations at home, what we are going through at work, dictate our worship. But that has nothing to do with my worship before God. Faith triumphs all. It has nothing to do with emotions or feelings. It's about the choice that you make each day to walk with the Lord, to please the Lord, to live by faith. Feelings, it comes and goes. But as men and women of God, we live by faith and faith alone. Feelings change, situations change, circumstances change. But if we follow the Lord who is the same yesterday, today, forever. It says he is not a shifting shadow as the sun shifts where he shall move and change. But he is consistent. He is constant. And we must commit and be constant and be consistent and following the Lord as Enoch had done in Genesis 5.
the generation that he lived in was very dark. And sometimes I look at this generation, I look at the world. It just seems like such an impossible task. But Christ walks with you. Amen? Christ is yoked with you. Be yoked with Christ. For he is both the lion, the innocent lamb. Isaiah 53 says he was slaughtered like a lamb led to be slaughtered. He did not open his mouth. There's no beauty to attract us to him. Nobody recognized him. He lived his life for 30 years. 30 years he started his ministry and at the age of 33 he died on the cross. What a young age. In three years he impacted generation after generation. Quality, not quantity. The lion and the lamb. The lamb and the lion. The second advent is coming. It's the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we're here in the season of waiting, coming, arrival, appearance of this notable individual, And as we come every year and remember Christmas and Advent, from here until 2023 next year, and if God allows us to live until that moment, how will we live? Will you walk faithfully with the Lord? Will you please the Lord? And lastly, point number three, will you point to the Lord? I pray that we will do all of the above that we would choose him here today. Choose faith. Commit to the Lord. There's no greater honor. There's no greater calling. There's no greater purpose than to walk with the Lord. This is a song that I grew up listening to, History Maker, and it's been many years since I actually heard this song. We were on a trip as a church and while driving the song came to my mind and all the flashback of just when I was younger of the mission trips and my failures and the journey that took for all of us to be here I just remember my heart in worship as we're watching the musical David just as David had a pure heart before the Lord. And just I remember when I was young, I would have a boombox with a tape playing with the cassette player, and I will worship. Give me clean hands, give me a pure heart with those worship playing, and just with tears in middle school. And I remember in college also just putting on my earphones with praise music playing. Walk from Midtown to all the way down to the South Street Seaport near Brooklyn. and Just sometimes late at night, and sometimes loneliness will kick in because obviously when you live in this generation and you live for God, there are times where you will stand alone. Andy, maybe when you get there, you'll be the only one driving a Tesla. You will feel lonely, especially isolated as you're walking with the Lord. And I can't even imagine Enoch in this generation 
this dark generation, how bad it was that the Lord had to take him away. He didn't even face death. The Lord took him away. May the Lord take you away. May the Lord lift you up and encourage you here today. Amen. And amen. So with that, can we all stand to our feet? Let's invite our praise team, the only praise team, Arlene. <laughs> Let's all come together and worship in spirit and in truth, remembering the story of Enoch, remembering the season that we're in. We're in the season of Advent leading to Christmas. The first Christmas, the first Advent is here. It's done. Now it's time for the second Advent. The second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we wait eagerly with expectation, with hope, with joy that He will come to judge the living and the dead. Until then, may we be a history maker. And may we honor Him. And may we stand and walk in righteousness. Let's worship together. Is it true today? Is it true today? That when people pray, cloudless skies will break, kings and queens will shake. Yes, it's true. Well.
this poor widow has put in more than all the others all these people gave their gifts out of their wealth but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on Lord may these individuals these godly men and women like this poor widow like Enoch like Noah like Abraham Lord may we walk faithfully with you Lord only when we walk faithfully with you, Lord, we will please you, Lord. And the way we please you is that, God, we give to you our first offering, fragrant offering, our faith offering, and our praise offering. Help us today to be a man of God, a woman of God, a man of faith, a woman of faith. Man of integrity, a woman of integrity, man of humility, a woman of humility, man of worship, and a woman of worship before your holy throne, O Lord. May the name of the Lord be praised, preceding the next four Sundays leading up to Christmas Sunday. May we not grow jaded and apathetic. Grow cold to the things of you, Lord. But may we remember and know the purpose and the reason why we do 
what we do. We do it for you, Lord, to be a history maker, not for fame, not for recognition, but in quietness and with humility, because that is our heart's true desire, to honor you, to live for you, and to honor you, just like this poor widow, to give to you our two small copper coins, all that we have to live on, our air, our life, our heart. This one life, one chance we have, we give it to you, Lord. May the name of the Lord be honored and praised in my life, in my life. It begins with me, and it starts with me, and it ends with me. For I am the only one that can make that decision for my own life. No one else can make that decision for me. And I choose today, Lord, to commit my heart to you. And if you're ready to commit your heart back to the Lord, you can place your right hand to the left side of your chest, your heart representing your life. May you recommit back to the Lord during the season of Advent. Come back to the Lord. May he not be your God of holidays on Thanksgivings and Christmas and Easter. That's the only time we go to church. But may we come to him faithfully each and every single day. Commit your life to him and say, Lord, I commit my life to you. I give my all to you. Commit to the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Commit to the Lord. Yoke with him. Spiritually, may you be yoked with him right now. May the Holy Spirit move the yoke that you took off. May you put it back on. It's time to get back to work. It's to get back on the lane, on the right path. You've been trying so hard, trying to go on your own path. Be yoked with Christ. Yoke with him right now. For today is the only chance that we may have. Don't rely on tomorrow. Don't rely on next month. Don't wait till Christmas. The Bible makes it very clear tomorrow is not guaranteed for each one of us, for none of us. If you have life today, if you have breath today, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, may you know the season that today is a day. There is no tomorrow. There's only today and today only. And God, today, I choose today to walk in faith. I choose today to come in my life back to you, O Lord, to be yoked with my king, the lion and the lamb. Give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things. Your precious son, just cross me, pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen.
together. Heavenly Father, do not remember the sins of our youth and our rebellious ways, but according to your love, remember us, for you alone, Lord, are good. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, present you blameless, pure, and holy before his holy presence. And may the Lord continue to pursue you, guide you, and lead you forevermore. And as God's people, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.